0: In today's program, we continue our special series, Hearts and Minds Uplifted, a collection of short articles from the book of the same title. These stories by authors from all walks of life illustrate the tremendous personal growth that can be achieved by cultivating one's character through practicing Falun Gong.
1: Learning to say, this was my fault, by a practitioner in China. One afternoon, while my four-year-old son was stepping on a chair to get a pear from the table, he fell down and overturned a half plate of rice I had put on the table. As he lay there on the floor, his body covered with rice, my first reaction was that I needed to calm down. My son was apparently fine, so I pulled him up and then cleaned the carpet where he fell. I found that I was not angry and also aware that this incident was my fault as I did not clean up the table immediately after finishing lunch. Previously, when my children spilled or dropped anything, I instinctively thought that it was their fault and scolded them. Later I felt this behaviour was not benevolent and I needed to pay attention and improve in this area. I finally changed this bad habit and looked at myself when something went wrong. I sincerely admitted to my son that this was my fault and reminded him that he should be careful in the future. He nodded his head. At this moment, I felt a peaceful atmosphere spread in the air. Persistently cultivating myself and changing my wrong notions, I finally realised that I could treat other people with benevolence and forgiveness from my heart. This made me feel so good inside. I felt in my heart. How fortunate I am to know these eternal truths and to have the opportunity to cultivate myself under the boundless mercy of Master Lee. I felt happy, fortunate and at peace after improving myself. One day after this incident, my son overturned half a bowl of soup. I said immediately, without any hesitation, it's all right, are you okay? Then I cleaned up the soup with a paper towel I gently said to my son, you need to be careful next time. This warmed the heart of everyone in my family. Since this incident, my son has seldom spilled anything. One day, my husband couldn't find the nail clippers. He was in a bad mood and accused me of misplacing them somewhere. He was so infuriated that before he left the house to go out and play with the kids, he told me, find the nail clippers before I return. At that moment, the atmosphere was full of tension. Then my son said to my husband, If when we come back, Mom still has not found the nail clippers, you just say, it's alright. My son learned forgiveness. So in the end, the result was really, it's alright. In my mind, I thought, my reward is not only in my own cultivation, but also the opportunity I've had to influence my son. Just as Master Lee said, "quote, the Buddha light illuminates everywhere, properties and justice rectify and harmonize everything." Unquote.
0: The best decision I ever made. Reflecting on my first year as a Falun Dafa practitioner by a Dafa practitioner in China. As I grew older and experienced many ups and downs in my life, I felt sad and sorry that I was born into a world where people fight when their self-interests are infringed upon in the slightest way. Why has mankind fallen so low and become so corrupt? I asked in despair. Where can I find a piece of pure land? From elementary school to college, I often had the desire to explore the mysteries of life. In 1998, I graduated from a university and started my career. I never stopped my search for the meaning of life. I tried to find answers in books of all kinds philosophy, Buddhism, and history, etc. I would pick up a book full of hope, but end up putting it down in disappointment. Finally, I stopped looking for answers. I put my heart into poetry, literature, music, and having fun with friends. Although I was busy, I had a sense of being lost and felt sorrow deep in my heart, so much so that I hid from others at times. Seemingly by chance, something happened that changed my life at the time of the 2002 Chinese New Year. Right before the Chinese New Year festivities began, I received several emails about Falun Gong. They claimed that the persecution of Falun Gong was the greatest injustice in history and that China Central Television was framing Falun Gong. Because the information in the emails was so different from the official propaganda, I thought it was not very believable. I went back to my hometown during the Chinese New Year. While chatting with my father, who was a policeman, I learned that Falun Gong practitioners are indeed not like the people described in the Chinese media. On the contrary, they really are good people, surprisingly good people. I was very surprised and confused at the same time. If they are such good people, I wondered, then why is the government spreading such a big lie and making so much effort against them? After the Chinese New Year, I went back to work. Driven by my curiosity, I tried to use the internet to get more information about Falun Gong. I wanted to visit the Minghui website and see what Falun Gong was all about. When I couldn't break through the internet blockade, I visited a colleague's mother when I heard that she practiced Falun Gong. This lady kindly told me about Falun Gong and described her family situation. She told me about the changes she had experienced since she started practicing in 1996. She told me that her whole family lived in harmony until 1999, when Falun Gong began to be slandered and persecuted by Jiang Zemin and the Chinese Communist Party. Hearing her story was like waking up from a dream. I was shocked by what had happened in the land of China. When I got back home, I watched the video CD she had given me. The video showed an elderly farmer who had walked to Tiananmen Square from Shaanxi province just to tell people that Falun Dafa is good. On his journey, he lived and camped in the open and had worn out nine pairs of shoes. The video showed how the government mischaracterized the appeal that took place on April 25, 1999. Yet the picture showed the facts. About 10,000 Falun Gong practitioners had peacefully appealed to the government. This is a government that has a reputation for brutality. Yet so many people, knowing they could face death, were willing to disregard their own lives and appeal on behalf of Falun Gong. They looked so calm, so peaceful, and so unperturbed Here was a group of ordinary citizens who were willing to sacrifice so much, not for fame, not for self-interest, but only to clarify the truth to everyone. I was deeply moved by their extraordinary heroism. When I saw that people kept holding up their banners on Tiananmen Square with the words, truthfulness, compassion, forbearance, even when the police were beating them, I could not stop my tears. With extraordinary actions, these people demonstrated unbelievable selflessness and great virtue. They were clearly using their lives to protect kindness, to defend justice, and to call out others' consciences. In an instant, the banners they held above their heads with the three words truthfulness, compassion, forbearance made me understand everything they were doing. At that moment, I made the best decision in my life, a decision I will never regret. I want to be one of them. On that day, March 3rd, 2002, I declared to my friends, I want to be a Falun Gong practitioner. Seeing their astonished looks, I earnestly explained to them, Falun Gong practitioners have been wrongly accused. They are good people, and they are being persecuted. I am going to tell everyone I know about the truth of the persecution. In the atmosphere of violence and intimidation in China and out of concern for my safety, my friends immediately called my father and informed him of this shocking news. My father rushed to see me the very next day. My father lectured me for a long time, and I also heard my mother crying over the phone. They were deeply hurt by my impulsive decision. My father knew that Falun Gong is good. In his eyes, however, I was like a moth flying into a flame. My mother didn't understand the truth, and she believed that a person should just go with the flow in all situations. They pressured me to give up my choice. My father even threatened to sever our father-son relationship. Because I chose to cultivate in Falun Gong, my family might become divided, I might lose my job, and I might be put in jail and persecuted at any moment. All of a sudden, I faced a pressure I had never experienced before. At that moment, I began to experience firsthand the unimaginable difficulties behind every step and every decision made by those Falun Gong practitioners. The scene from Tiananmen Square where the banners were recurrently held up high by the practitioners came to my mind. Deep inside my soul, a voice told me, For justice, for compassion, I will never give in. Finally, I told my father, Dad, I do not regret my decision, even if I am going to be put in jail and beaten to death. I will not regret it. Knowing he could not change my mind, my father left feeling disappointed and worried three days later. I started to study Master Li's books from Essentials for Further Advancement and Guiding the Voyage to Juan Falun. Although my understanding was not deep, my soul was deeply touched over and over again. I was moved and convinced by the profound principles of the Fa. My wish to cultivate became firmer and firmer. All my doubts about human society and life disappeared. I no longer felt self pity from living in a world full of evil and deceit. I no longer felt lost because I lacked purpose and direction in life. I no longer felt sad for all those sentient beings who could not escape the misery of having feelings such as resentment and hatred. On the contrary, I felt fortunate to be living in the time when Falun Dafa is spreading around the world. I felt very proud of choosing the path of cultivation because this is the path along which I can return to my true self. I felt joyful and encouraged for the infinite grace and compassion that have come to the human world. I started to learn the exercises and went from doing the single-leg crossing position to doing the double-leg crossing position. I endured fatigue during the standing meditation and the discomfort of the sitting meditation. I became more convinced that Falun Dafa is true to its name and reputation. My confidence in practicing grew as well. Looking back over the past year, I have changed from being hostile toward Dafa to becoming a Dafa practitioner. I am grateful to the unknown practitioner who sent me the email. My father, and my colleague's mother if it were not for them i would still be wandering along a path to nowhere from personal cultivation to validating dafa i am grateful for all the help and encouragement from my fellow practitioners i am also grateful for the teaching and numerous enlightenment opportunities provided by master lee only with all this help and support am i able to improve step by step Most of my friends think that this choice of mine is rather foolish. They even feel sorry for me. For someone who has not experienced cultivation firsthand, I can understand their confusion. But when a person's heart is filled with concern for others, when a person's heart is filled with kindness and justice, when a person's heart is filled with the truth of the universe, then personal gain becomes insignificant. Nothing can cause a cultivator's firm belief in the universal principles and truth to waver.
2: Becoming more mature in my practice of Falun Dafa by a practitioner in the U.S. It has been almost two years since I began practicing Falun Dafa, and in that time, I have encountered unending opportunities for growth and wisdom. As a practitioner, upholding the universal principle of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is a challenging and sacred commitment. More and more, the power this principle has to transform is revealing itself to me. In April 1999, when I started on the path of cultivation, I mainly focused upon acting according to the highest standards of these three words, maximally giving up attachments and practicing and studying well. While there certainly was nothing incorrect with that approach, I can see now that the main emphasis of those activities centered on the words, my cultivation, and what that meant to me, how it benefited me, improved me, and helped me. In fact, just admitting this, I feel ashamed and can see my attachment to self-centered thinking. In my daily life, I have a difficult job full of difficult people. Sometimes they go to great lengths to be disruptive, just to prove the smallest point. Many of them seem to be locked in a struggle for what they can get at the expense of everyone else. When I began working at my job, I had just begun practicing falandafa and set forth to be very diligent about maintaining my principles and being a good person. Working in this harsh and competitive environment was very painful and almost unbearable. I felt terrible seeing the worst in people. My level of understanding at that time caused me to decide that I should forbear all difficult matters and work diligently without complaint. This is what I thought a good practitioner should do, so I steadfastly set upon this task, and then immediately my tests began. At work, as I became more preoccupied with finding new ways to forbear my environment, more unreasonable tests came my way. I endured so many ridiculous things, it makes me laugh now, such as a time I was completely soaked in a rainstorm on my way to work. I arrived late with an inch of water in each shoe. My boss reprimanded me for arriving late, and then, without any consideration for my soaking wet condition, insisted that we begin work, although he did let me pour the water out of my shoes. I was forced to work with him all day in a room where he kept the air conditioning on full blast because he felt too warm. Meanwhile, I was shivering with cold, and I didn't dry off until it was time to leave. My heart was really heavy at his selfish actions, but I continued to forbear. Another time, several individuals created a big problem after not taking responsibility for an important issue. This resulted in a huge and potentially expensive problem. Instead of reporting their mistake to the president, I quietly worked to fix the problem. It took three months of working late just to resolve it. In the end, I didn't receive any thanks. Instead, the people I had helped told the president that I had made the mistake. I felt very angry, but still didn't say anything and kept on forbearing. It just kept continuing in this way. When people told distasteful jokes in the office, I would leave the group eat lunch by myself, or not talk to them unless I had a good reason. At the time, I felt I was acting as a good practitioner, but actually, I was avoiding my cultivation environment. The more I would forbear, the more problems I would have. I began to avoid people in conflicts more and more, and then tried to forbear more and more. Things just became worse. People constantly made me uncomfortable and acted tense around me. I was forced to work unreasonable hours. Then I began getting blamed for others' mistakes even as I was doing good deeds and fixing all their problems. I couldn't enlighten to what was going on. All types of miscommunications occurred with other practitioners. Through all of this, I couldn't look within myself very well. I would make an attempt to find my faults, but I would always see myself as a good practitioner. Unknowingly, I felt I was better than all those people. I was always worried about their effect on my practice and tried to avoid letting them disturb or influence me in any way. I complained so much about how difficult things were for me and how unfair it was that I was always blamed. Now I can see just how much it had to do with my selfishness and the thought that I was better than those around me. After enlightening to that realization, I felt very humble and ashamed of myself. I made the decision that I would only acknowledge the good in everyone I worked with and not judge or criticize them. I sincerely appreciated their strengths and what I could learn from them. As soon as I held that thought, My boss hired someone to help me at work, and my long hours were reduced. From taking this new attitude, I noticed a kinder nature appearing in myself, and I laughed more often. Suddenly, my boss started joking more and smiling more. One day, he even made a joke that when something went wrong, everyone should just blame me for it. I really laughed at that, because I could hear our teacher using those words to point out an important issue. That a practitioner should always look inside for the cause of any conflict. Because of that, I felt a lot kinder to those in my office and decided to appreciate my coworkers for helping me improve. The environment in my job drastically changed for the better after I told my coworkers that I was a Dafa practitioner and explained about the persecution in China. This was a very general discussion and I worried it was not enough. In the past, no one knew very much about me and I kept all my personal business strictly to myself. I held the idea that my co workers were too impossible to be able to understand or respect DAFA. But again, I was wrong. In the past, if I had some DAFA activity or reading group to attend and my job required me to stay late at the last minute, I felt very resentful. After telling people I was a practitioner, the amount of respect they had toward me greatly increased and everything became more harmonious. I think it was because I finally showed them my heart instead of hiding and protecting it. For the most part, They stopped swearing in the office in front of me. But even when they did, I was still kind to them and didn't treat them harshly. When my boss was unreasonable or petty, I told him how much I learned from him and appreciated the challenges he had to face. All of these things I did from a heart of sincerity. Suddenly, not only did the atmosphere in the office improve, but people also began to share interesting things about themselves or show me their best sides. This week, I learned that a coworker with a reputation for being confrontational, who has always tried to undermine me, took the time to do something for me that saved me much time and effort. What was amazing is that he did it without trying to take any credit or brag about doing it. That was so unbelievable that I cried when I thought about his change of heart that allowed him to put down his usual way of acting and do something unconditionally out of kindness. Previously, I had wanted to leave my job so I could find an easier one and have more time for cultivation. Now, I realize that I already have the best cultivation environment of all. Over the past few months, I have gained a new level of understanding of what cultivation is about. I have completely stopped worrying about the time and space for my personal cultivation and just want to take advantage of cultivation opportunities, meeting all conflicts with an unmoved heart. In fact, this attitude has improved my cultivation and removed obstacles faster while my environment has become better and better. As I learned this past year... The next step after personal cultivation is to achieve a more mature view. The concepts that have helped me to improve the most have included putting others' interests first, looking for the opportunity to improve in every activity, and choosing to act based on what is right from five principles, not from what I think is right or prefer to do. In all matters, I try to act with a heart of true compassion, and in doing so, I assume that I personally can make a difference instead of waiting for others to take care of the job. In my understanding, all the worries about not having time, who is irritating you, and whether or not you can or can't do something, are irrelevant. In becoming a more mature practitioner, I have opened my compassion, raised my level of wisdom, and learned that forbearance means maintaining the highest standard under all circumstances, not just enduring something painful. I feel that my understanding has become deeper. I just hope that I can do even better. Thank
0: you for listening to Hearts and Minds Uplifted, a special series brought to you by Minghui Radio. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.